Welcome to Draft Talk, presented by Acme Packing Company. I'm Justin Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Tyler Brooks. What's up, the people, Tyler? What's up? Happy uh, Wednesday, soon to be Thursday. This is coming out on a Thursday, right? You know, it, it's hard in April to remember what day of the week it is with all the draft nonsense. It's hard to remember it's April when it's snowing in Portland, Oregon, like two days after it's 70 degrees. So not great. All the, all the blossoms came out and then uh, everything died very quickly. So. I don't think we're going to be getting a uh, good harvest in the Valley this year, but we're here to talk about the green Bay Packers in the NFL draft This is draft talk 7.0. We've made it seven through seven of these. It's so close. We're like, what, two weeks away. It's like 15 days two or something weeks. from now. I can't wait, man. It's, uh, you know, again, now that we're like, I think we've gone through the sadness of post Devante and now it's just full on. Like, let's get excited for this. What are they going to do with the picks? Are they going to use all of them? Are they going to make any big blockbuster trades? Um, it's an exciting time, man. Like, you know, let's 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 wash out all the negativity. Let's just embrace, embrace the fun. So we've hit what? We hit positional needs, right? We hit yep. by position some of the biggest prospects. We hit our guys, the guys that that we like the most in this draft class. We did a mock draft. Um, we talked about visits a little bit, which we could touch on again. Today is our mailbag episode where you guys ask us questions. We solicited them on uh, Twitter. Um, we're going to, we're going to answer as many as we possibly can. First, I want to talk about some of these visits that the Packers had. Um, they obviously had their lo- local pro day, which I feel like we kind of, we kind of jinxed a little bit. Clint Radikavich is the fullback from Northern Illinois who I'd been alluding to all season to you about, you know, Northern Illinois has a fullback. He showed up to Green Bay's local pro day. He tore his ACL. Yeah, that part wasn't great. Bad news. They also brought in uh, Scott Nelson, a safety from Wisconsin, and Jake Ferguson, a tight end from Wisconsin. Those were confirmed. In terms of the top 30 visits, so those local pro day visits don't count against their, like, 30 allotted visits and all that stuff based off of geography. Guys that they brought in since we talked last, um, John Thompson, the cornerback out of Texas, he is a so just a, a quick quick uh, primer on him. He was a team captain at Texas. Um, was hurt basically every single season. Tested very well. Is not so great as like an actual corner, but they're they're probably looking at him as a borderline UDFA special teams guy. There's a chance he does actually get drafted. Um, Eric Johnson a defensive lineman from Missouri state was a guy who apparently dominated at the NFLPA collegiate bowl, got a late call up to the senior bowl because the senior bowl and shrine game now play in the same week. So the senior bowl can't call up shrine game guys. He tested out very athletically. I didn't love his film. He's going to get drafted probably in the fifth round though. So that's a guy worth knowing. He, he might be a Packer. Um, Tariq Carpenter is a hybrid safety linebacker. He technically played safety, but he was a drop-down safety in the box a lot. He's 220 pounds. Again, tested out very athletically. I think they're probably looking at him as an undrafted uh, free agent, special teams type of guy. He was not invited to the combine for whatever that's worth. Samari Toure, a wide receiver out of Nebraska. He transferred from Montana, where he was an SCS All-American. Nebraska was in that weird spot where they basically had a ton of guys transfer out. So like Wendell Robinson in this draft class, who's now at Kentucky, played at Nebraska. Um, He left. 
J.D. Spielman, who was a he was on pace to be a draft pick at wide receiver. He's Rick Spielman's adopted son. He transferred out and went to TCU. They simply needed production. Touré got the call up from Nebraska or from Montana to go play for Nebraska. He's an interesting guy. I think he's probably another UDFA type of guy. He, he also tested athletically. Devontae Wyatt is the big name right now. Yeah. Interior defensive line out of Georgia. He is built kind of like a nose tackle, but he runs like a, a, a three tech basically. And he played a lot of, three tech at Georgia, you know, obviously with uh, Jordan Davis playing the nose. So he's a guy I really could see being the pick at either 22 or 28, depending on if wide receiver win at 22, or if there is a wide receiver on the board at 22, because if all the speed wide receivers are gone and they don't trade up, I could see them just sitting back at 22 and taking Devonte Wyatt to him basically being a year one starter for the team. How do all these Georgia defenders move like they do? Like I watched Devontae Wyatt on tape and it just makes, it makes no sense with him and Jordan Davis, man. Like Wyatt's super explosive. He gets in the backfield with ease, you know, is really quick um, moves really well laterally. So like, there's just, that's one of those guys I would absolutely love at 22 or 28. If he's there, um, got a chance to talk with him a little bit, the combine too. He's a character. I think Packers fans would really like this guy. The other thing is, Everyone says that these aren't even the best defensive linemen that they have. That Jalen Carter, that number 88, who's a true junior this upcoming draft class. Terrifying. Is, is the best one. So, yeah, I mean. It's, and Nolan Smith ain't bad either. Yeah, this, this train is not stopping anytime soon. Georgia is going to smack the hell out of my Oregon Ducks in uh, the week one opener in the Georgia, in uh, not the Georgia Dome, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But you're not super confident about Bo Nix. Bo Nix, who is not starting right now in a what? Okay, yeah, Ty Thompson, Ooh. our our, our uh, redshirt freshman quarterback out of uh, Chandler, Arizona. So have we gone through my Ty Tyler theory that I think all Tylers athletically are pretty good, but I don't usually trust Ties, except for Ty Law. Ty Law has been the only historical exception. Ty Law, you you got the, what? Wasn't he an Indiana receiver, Ty Freifogel? Yeah, he's going pro this year. He's okay. He's so fine. We got, we got two ties. In the history of ties, we got two of them. All right. Ty Montgomery was okay. <laughs> yeah, he was all right. Um, so let's start with uh, let's start with the mailbag questions because we actually got a, a good amount of them, which was nice to see. Apologies to the ones that we did not get to. Uh, but I will say this. We actually – we had some very silly ones, but we had a lot of ones that actually made me like stop and think for a second too, which I very much appreciated. So we're starting with uh, Ben. Uh, it's Lambo Labo Labo. I'm going to mispronounce some of these names. It's going to be bad. Um, is this the draft where the Packers don't stick to their thresholds as much? So I think specifically at wide receiver, that becomes an interesting question, right? Um, since 2020 so the last two years 90 percent of their snaps have come from wide receivers who are 205 pounds or heavier that includes Randall Cobb who makes up most of the 10 percent I think that's where that starts to change and I think that threshold specifically changes because the wide receiver unit is no longer asked to be the smallest offensive line in the league blocking for Devontae Adams so now with Adams you know moved on from and and them not being so reliant 
on the screen game specifically with Devontae Adams, you know, moving everywhere in a trips formation to, to be fed the ball. That's where I think they start to open it up and start looking at guys like a Chris Olave to add speed to the team. Cause it is difficult to find big guys who can run. I mean, MVS got paid what $30 million um, just because he can do that one thing. Right. So yeah, you're really limiting your draft to, to, to put it in perspective. Amari uh, Rogers was the highest drafted wide receiver in this last draft class who was 205 pounds or larger. Right. So that's really how limiting the, that draft pool. Think of all the wide receivers who went above him. Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, um, Devonta Smith. Like, think of all those guys. And, and those guys wouldn't have, quote, unquote, passed the threshold. So I think those thresholds specifically are changing. Outside of that, I wouldn't anticipate too much variation off of what they've been doing in recent years. I mean, why would they ever change their offensive line thresholds? But they have right. some kind of recipe in Green Bay where just they just draft these day three offensive linemen and they're like, oh, this guy's going to be a five-year starter. Don't worry, he's going to be fine. Yeah. David Bakhtiari will simply be our, our franchise left tackle and Lang and Sitton and those guys will be pro bowlers. No big, no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. And then you get a guy like Elton Jenkins. Was he a third? Was he was a second round pick. I, I think he was a second. He was a second. Still a phenomenal pick. I remember hearing some stuff and I was like, oh, this might be pretty good. And then he's just been, when he's healthy, he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's All right, great. let's move on to the next one. Um, if the Packers, this is from Joe Kelly, J. Kelly, O-L. So I read that. Oh, no, sorry, J. Kelly, L-O-L. Uh, if Packers trade 22, uh, I guess I think, I think he meant 22, 28 to a top 10 pick, who would be worth it in your mind if they basically traded up their first two picks, moved into the top 10? It would have to be someone like Kayvon Thibodeau or something. Like it, one of these top edge rushers who just falls for whatever reason. Maybe they get the Laramie Tunsil gas mask video or something like that on draft day. But I can't imagine packaging both first-round picks to move up. I mean, I could, I could see them moving like uh, the, the third-round pick in 22 to move up. I don't, I don't think they're going to package more than what they got back for Devontae Adams to trade up for a rookie wide receiver. I really yeah. can't imagine that. There's, there's no prospect in this class to me that feels like it's worth two first-round picks to move up and get. Um, the one, I would say not in the top 10, but if he slides out of the top 10, I would love to see them try and make a move for. Obviously not 22 and 28, but Charles Cross. If Charles Cross slips out of the top 10 and he's there, you know, we've talked about him all the time. He's my top-ranked tackle, and it is a pretty close-knit group. But, man, could you imagine a tackle duo of Bakhtiari and Cross? But then this also comes into the problem of what do you do with Elton Jenkins when he's healthy? I guess he could play guard, but, yeah, that'd be a lot of investment. The, the other thing, too, is there's not that many. It sounds, it sounds like uh, people are falling out of love with Trevor Penning when they get him on the board for whatever reason. So there's not that many left tackle prospects in this class, I think when you look at a team like the Seattle Seahawks drafting ninth overall, and they need both a left and a right tackle right now, I don't, I don't think Cross is getting beyond that. I, I think we're at the point now where he's kind of like the guy to, to kind of go top 10, which is good because when we started this podcast a couple of months ago, I mean, Cross was a guy who was talked about as a borderline first round pick, and now he's a top 10 lock. And now we're looking yeah. back and we're like, see, we told you so. Same thing with uh, yep. Quay Walker is now sneaking into first rounds when he was talked about as the third round pick. Um, 
as far Devin as Lloyd a, sliding a little bit too. Yeah. As far as a trade target, I guess if we're, if we're giving guys out there, um, Chris Olave is really the interesting one to me um, because he's healthy. Unlike Jamison Williams, even though I think Jamison Williams is the best wide receiver prospect in this class. And I'm not a huge fan of Gary. And those are really the three guys who are like the speed wide receivers who I think are going to be gone by the time uh, the Packers are up to pick at, at 22. If they could, you know, use a third round pick and like swap with like the Chargers at 17 or something like that and lock in Chris Olave, I, I would support that. I'd be willing to do yeah. that, I think. I've talked myself into it, man. I don't think Olave is going to be there at 22. And I think as far as the guy that just could really change things, I uh, would love to see them trade up for him. Uh, next up, we have Russell Brown from Cover One, actually. Um, he asks us, you know, wide receiver seems likely for the Packers in round one, but what scenario could you see happen where they don't take a wide receiver in round one and you'd still be happy with it? It would have to involve a trade back. I think if they make two mm-hmm. picks in the first round and they don't pick a receiver, that's going to be a really tough pill to swallow because you can then say, you know, maybe you should have traded up for a guy. Um, and they obviously, they need someone, right? They, they, they can't go into the season with Lazard, Cobb, and Amari Rogers as their starters. They at least need to bring one more body into the group. Um, I think if they did something like, Devonte Wyatt at 22 and then traded out of 28 and, you know, picked George Pickens or something in, in the high second round. That's something that I think fans would be able to live with. Yeah. The only scenario where I can think I'd be like semi okay with it. And I'd, you know, obviously be sweating a little bit. The pitchforks would definitely be out on Twitter, but if you could get like a Devonte Wyatt and a car laughed us at 22 and 28, like those are great value at those picks, but you know, I just, there's going to be so much pressure. If we don't in the next two weeks hear them signing any kind of wide receiver and they go into the draft with this exact same depth chart and they don't pick a guy day one and don't trade back, like there will be an actual riot outside of Lambeau Field. Absolute hell to pay. I mean, there's no way. They have to bring in someone. They, they cannot bank on Omari being the third starter there. I don't think there's any way that they can do that. Oh, this is actually perfect time because I forgot to do it earlier, but I was going to ask you my question. My question specifically for Justice Mosqueda. What do you do if the Packers select Christian Watson at 22 overall? Or 28, honestly. I, I, I tweet, why didn't they just pay MBS? Paying MBS would have just been cheaper because I don't, I don't really see a big difference between those two guys, frankly. And... <sighs> It's just a bummer that that the wide receiver class is going to get drafted so damn high. I mean, I think six guys, potentially seven, are going to get drafted in the first round. Um, I wonder now if George Pickens is even going to be available there with the 28th overall pick. So that might be a guy you have to take 22nd. Um, It's a tough position to be in. Tough position to be in. That's why I'm not – opposed to a trade-up and we've seen Goot move around the first round a ton already I mean this would be the year to do it to make sure you lock in a wide receiver because you're sitting ducks at 22 and in terms of teams trading back into the first round or trading up in the first round like the Packers need a guy at 28 and everyone knows that the Chiefs need guys at 29 and 30 so 
someone's going to look at that and say, hey, why don't we jump them? So if you're not proactive, don't assume that other teams aren't going to be. I mean, we've seen this happen before, right, with the Jordan Love draft. I mean, we saw this run of wide receivers go right before they picked. Is is the first round Christian Watson stuff just media smoke? Do you think NFL teams genuinely think this guy's a first rounder? I don't think a lot of teams think he's a first rounder. I think depending on how it shakes out, there's a chance. And I think it would involve trade-ups and stuff like that, or maybe even the Chiefs. But even the Chiefs don't really make sense to me because they already have MVS. Like, what's the point of having two of them? Yeah. To open everything up for Juju? Like, I, I don't get it. All right. Um, I feel terrible about this one because uh, Mark's, you know, I like Mark on Twitter, but Mark old, <laughs> I'm going to say old acres and I know it's wrong. Uh, who's the non quarterback most likely to be overdrafted in this draft? Jermaine Johnson. Mm, I mean, he's okay. being talked about as potentially as high as Houston at third overall. I think he's a second round pick. Like I, I just, I don't really get it there. Um, he wouldn't be in my top five ad rushers in this class. I think gun to my head, I'd rather have a guy like Ebiketti over a guy like Jermaine Johnson. So he is way up there for me. I mean, wh- what about you? You have another guy that comes to mind? Uh, the, I'm sure if I took, took some more time, I could figure it out. But to me, Trayvon Walker, as much as I thought there was a, a couple months ago where we talked about it, and I was like, I think I'm a lot higher on this guy than most. We were talking about him yeah. at 28. Yeah. And I was like, I would be thrilled. Are you kidding? And like, he wasn't getting a ton of buzz. And then the combine comes around. And now at this point on April 13th, it's like the Jaguars might take him first overall. And like, this is where April gets exhausting for me, man. It's like, you think you're high on a guy and then, you know, he starts picking up a little buzz. It's the same thing with Christian Watson, right? Like this guy went from completely underrated to now, like we're talking about a first round pick. And it's just like, what are we doing? It's the, uh, there's just so much noise. I hear all kinds of crazy rumors constantly. I heard you talk about it again with uh, Charles uh, this morning on uh, the exempt list, but talking about, hey, have you considered that this good player is actually bad? Yeah, it, we're overthinking capital of the world is the draft industrial complex right now. Um, the interesting thing about Walker and the way it was explained to me was basically like, Think of it from Balky's perspective. So put yourself in his shoes. He was a general manager last year. They had the first overall pick. They selected Trevor Lawrence. Do you think Trevor Lawrence was the right pick? Yeah. Do yes. you give him do you give him credit for drafting Trevor Lawrence? No. Okay. Now if Trayvon Walker is the best pass rusher in this class and he drafts mm-hmm. him, you have to give him credit, right? So he can go back to ownership and wave it in their face and say, hey. When you're trying to hire Rick Spielman as a, you know, executive vice president who oversees me and he doesn't want to because I'm here, I can now say, like, I'm, you want me, though. You want me. If Byron Leftwich turns down the head coaching job, you say, well, I'm the important piece here, right? So it's stuff like that where it gets into, like, it's, it's like any other job. There's internal politics. And I, I kind of think it's – if it is the Trayvon Walker selection – it's a internal politics move from Balky's perspective. This reminds me so much of the 2012-2013 Indianapolis Colts with Ryan Gregson. You know, uh, in 2012, you I'm not the saying the politics game is good. Like, <laughs> it, it does create a mess fairly often. I'm just. Do you know un- who they took? Oh, go ahead. No, go. 2012. I mean, they took. Well, they took Lock. No, do you know who they took in their first round in 2013? 
And it just reminds me of this exact same thing. I you want to make a move and uh, be like, Trent look, we Richardson. were right up. Bjorn Werner. Oh, it was a move. They took him Terrible. like, hey, see, we're going to take a pass rusher that we think is going to be better and we're going to look smart. And nope, you took the guy that had never really played football and he was not very good. Ew, that was not a good pick. Ian, all the internal politics stuff I've heard about the Grigson era uh, makes me very sad. I will tell you, I don't know if I've told this before. Uh, Mark Tressman, when we were with the XFL, he was the uh, head coach of the Tampa Bay Vipers. He tried to hire Ryan Grigson as his DPP director of player personnel, which is basically like the GM role. And Oliver Luck, Andrew Luck's dad, right? Was basically like, are you fucking kidding me? No, <laughs> you can't do that. Like, no, he's not. We're not giving him checks. So not surprised yeah. at all. Do not, I do not blame no him either. Lost there. Hey, seriously. Uh, rough times. Not great. Uh, we have a non-draft question, but is Packers related from Mike Price at the Mike Price. What are the odds that neither Savage nor Amos are on the team next year? Oh, I would be bummed. I would be so bummed if that were true. Um, Amos is interesting because they gave him void years instead of extending him this past offseason. That was bad vibes to me. Um, yeah, that I would have liked to see an extension. But, I mean, look at uh, this past year, right? Robert Tunyon and Devondre Campbell were both guys who were given void years. They passed that deadline where they could have, like, reworked their contract and – saved short-term cap space on in terms of like the dead cap hits and stuff like that they still hit the open market and then they return to the team so i think that's probably the most likely situation for amos but i would still like to see a contract extension he's a very good player i think he's gonna last a while um it's not like his game is like a ton of speed or anything like that like he's a big guy who can kind of play like hybrid safety linebacker stuff which I yeah. think age as well. Um, Savage, I think he's going to be on the team. Why, why wouldn't he be? Um, I know everyone kind of wants to see him make more interceptions and actually haul in some of these passes, but he's a young player. He's athletic. I, I couldn't imagine unless someone gives him some crazy offer that, that he wouldn't be back on the team. Amos is the one I'm a little bit worried about. Well, they also have the option, I think, is, is it before June 1st, they kick up his fifth-year option as well. So there's mm -hmm. hope for Savage as well. Um, you see the flashes with Savage too, man. Like, there are times where you're like, whoa. that." I mean, if, I just think about that, that Bears game where he could have had, like, legit three picks. Yeah. Mm. Just because uh, it's not showing up on the stat sheet doesn't mean he doesn't have the talent. Like, he's still very, very, very high upside in terms of safety. Yeah, 100%. So I think we'll put that as it's unlikely that both will be gone. Uh, not impossible, but uh, unlikely. Uh, next one, Jacob Schumacher, Jacob underscore shoe underscore 24. Uh, do you think the front office will be more lenient on their traits this year? Uh, it looks like we already kind of uh, answered that part, but he did ask, especially when it comes to age. I think age is going to be interesting because they just brought in Devonta Wyatt, right? And he's going to be a 24-year-old, so seems like they're going to be a little bit more lenient about age. Um, when you're thinking about building this team around Aaron Rodgers, age probably doesn't matter as much, right? Um, especially when you're talking about using the low end of the roster to stop 
developing players and start using players that can contribute on special teams and stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were more lenient on age. I wouldn't be surprised if they looked at a guy like a, uh, uh, Boye Mafe and said like, Hey, we're, we're going to draft you even though you're a 24 year old because you can play football right now and you could help our football team. Yeah. You gotta maximize that window while you can with Rogers. Um, I only have one other question I have written down. Uh, this is from Twitterless Matt Phillips. It's just a buddy of mine I've known since I was like second grade. Talked Packers with him my whole life. Uh, he just asked, what wide receiver do you think best fits the Packers offense? Wide receiver prospect. Uh, Chris Olave. Yeah. Speed, route runner. He can be fed the ball. I think that's what they need right now. Um, Jamison Williams would be my next guy, and then it becomes – an open competition, I think, is that that's when it opens up. And I'm like, I don't know. You could, I, at the right time of day, you could convince me it's like George Pickens. At the right time of day, you can convince me it's Garrett Wilson or, or Drake London. So I think those two are the ones that separate. And then the big differentiator between Williams and Olave is just that Olave is going to absolutely be able to play week one because he is yeah. coming off of an ACL injury. It's that he just, he's like, every time I've said it, it's just year by year, his development was really impressive for a guy that was probably a first round talent back in 2019. Uh, so that's probably the most pro ready wide receiver you have in this class too. Uh, that's, that's all the questions I wrote down. I know we had some more silly ones. Um, I think Archon from Acme Packing Company asked if I would show feet if George Pickens <laughs> is selected at 28. Uh, I want to put that as a no, I'll be happy, but I'm, I'm not showing my foot to the internet. Yeah, I don't need to be on those websites where it's like celebrity feet. No, I don't. Are we celebrities though? That's so you know maybe no, we'll but, be on but the I think internet standard, blog boys. I think uh, celebrityfeet.net have very very low standards for what they. I don't know, man. I heard their editors are very strict. I don't know. We'll we'll have to ask them. We'll get celebrity feet on here to uh, fight <laughs> fight the allegations. All right, that that was a short episode, but uh, not that much going on. So. I'm going to keep having uh, scouting reports up on the website. You just dropped your uh, bullies list of, of the toughest mm. guys in this draft class. Um, anything else you want to add for the people? No, shout out you. I think these conversations kind of inspired that one. I've always kind of wanted to do like an annual something. Uh, but the more we've talked about some of the bullies in this draft, it just felt fitting. Um, so yeah, check that out. You'll see a couple names that you're familiar with. Like obviously George Pickens is going to be on there. A couple of you might not be. So uh it's been a fun year of scouting. I think I'm done watching guys. Like I, I know I could watch more players, but at this point it's just kind of burnout from hearing everything. I want to take it easy for two weeks and then just enjoy the ride when the draft finally comes. Oh, we are so different. I've watched Missouri state film. I, hey man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm full on chasing ghosts, baby. Chasing ghost season. I know. I know nothing's been announced yet, but I've got, I've got coaching to do, man. I've got a, I've got other film. I got to grind. So. There you go. All right, guys, keep it tuned to the feed. Uh, leave any questions that you want, you know, in the comments somewhere. We'll, we'll get to them at some point. Um, hopefully for this, for 8.0, manifest a wide receiver. Because yes. one. There we go.